Welcome to Political Beatdown. I'm Ben Micellis, joined by the one and only Michael Cohen. We've got a lot to discuss on today's episode of Beatdown. First, Special Counsel Jack Smith confirms in a court filing that he has produced all non-classified documents already to Donald Trump's lawyers. Lightning speed. And essentially, he's ready to go. Donald Trump's lawyers, you're up next. Donald Trump, however, responds by running to the MAGA Republicans in the House of Representatives, begging and begging them to interfere with special counsel Jack Smith's criminal case. MAGA Republicans also in the House of Representatives brought in John Durham, the special counsel appointed by Bill Barr, who was 0 for 2 in the cases he brought to trial, brought him in for a hearing in front of the Judiciary Committee, and it backfired big time. Also, MAGA Republicans shamefully censured Democratic Congress member Adam Schiff for investigating Donald Trump and MAGA Republican George Santos's shirters were revealed in federal court today. But first and foremost, we've got breaking news from Michael Cohen, who is about to file his reply brief in the $500 million case brought by <laughs> Donald Trump against Cohen in the Southern District of Florida, Miami Division. First and foremost, Cohen, how are you doing? Secondly, tell us about this reply. And third, can you give all of us here at the Brigaders a sneak peek at what this motion is going to say? Sure. So just to give our brigaders, because so many of you have been so kind and I continue to ask for your financial support and you'll understand just how good the lawyers are that I have on this specific case in order to hold Trump accountable. We received, as you may recall, we received the $500 million lawsuit. We put in our motion to dismiss. They put in their reply. We get an opportunity to put in what's called a sir reply. And so that's what we're putting in. And that should be filed within the next, I would say, hour to an hour and a half. But just to give you a quick idea, because it's obviously many, many pages, the preliminary statement gives you a great idea on just how qualified my lawyers are, Danya Perry, uh, as well as Ben um, Ben Brodsky. I mean, down in Florida. Uh, Danya, of course, here at both New York and Florida. But I got to be honest with you. I want you to hear the preliminary statement because you'll understand where the money is going and exactly what it's doing. And unlike Donald Trump, I don't have the ability to use 90% of the funds for my own purpose. It is all specifically for Danya Perry and for Ben. All right. So here it goes. Plaintiff Donald J. Trump's sprawling and frequently incoherent complaint appears to have two aims, retaliating against and intimidating Mr. Cohen and distracting from Mr. Trump's mounting and serious potential criminal exposure. Asserting cognizable legal claims was apparently not a goal. And indeed, Mr. Trump fails to plead essential elements of each of his purported claims. In addition, some of Mr. Trump's claims are clearly time-barred, as they are based on events that occurred well outside the limitations period. 
As Mr. Cohen showed in his motion, each one of Mr. Trump's claims should therefore be dismissed. Now it goes on and on, and it actually gets even worse. But I don't want to go into too much of the detail and so on. But it is a basically a one-page preliminary. All right, here, I'll give you a little more. It's give us a little more. Right? Come on, you got the brigade right? here. <laughs> Mr. Trump's response fails to show otherwise. As for the statute of limitations, Mr. Trump's arguments for the application of a longer, more favorable statute of limitations are based on misconstructions of the relevant facts and law, dicta from in opposite cases and mischaracterizations of his own allegations in the complaint. Moreover, Mr. Trump cannot identify any persuasive reason why Florida law should apply to his claims, given that the party's relationship was centered in New York. And indeed, Mr. Trump's revelation in his opposition that the confidentiality agreement contains a New York choice of law clause provides yet more support for that conclusion. I mean, it is truly, as I said before, it's truly a um, it's it's a masterwork. Uh, all right. I, I got to just give you a tiny bit more. Give here. us a tiny so, bit. Mr. Give us a tiny, tiny bit, bit more here. Mr. Trump's arguments on the merits fare no better. By and large, rather than identifying specific factual allegations in the complaint that would make his claims cognizable, he instead points to the very same conclusory allegations that only underscore the insufficiency of his pleading, the incoherence of his legal theories, and his entirely speculative damages claim. I mean, look, like I said, this case lacks merit. It was retaliatory. The whole goal is to financially hurt me as if that hasn't already happened enough. But we're not going to let that happen. And thanks to folks like yourself and thanks to others uh, who have found it on social media uh, with the GoFundMe. If, in fact, you haven't, please, I ask you to, you know, this is so important for holding Trump accountable for this malicious prosecution, this retaliatory action, simply to stop me from, you know, being able to testify or to provide continued cooperation to the various investigations that are currently pending. I won't let it happen. I do need help. And short of that, I promise you that if you read Brito's documents and then compare them to Danya's and to Ben's, there is absolutely no correlation between the quality of legal, um, you know, penmanship or scholarship here, then, um, you know, it's just there is no comparison between the two works. If you look at Donald Trump's lawyers, whether it's Brito in your case or he filed some other 800 billion trillion, you know, Dr. Evil lawsuit against the Washington Post, just making up imaginary numbers. I think it was 3.2 billion. He brought like a, the lawyer who filed that for Donald Trump was a solo practitioner who I don't think had ever filed the defamation case before. And so these are the people lining up to learn the lesson that MAGA stands for, make attorneys get attorneys, something that you've learned a long time ago and that you told everybody and warned everybody this is what was going to happen, yet apparently they don't learn their lesson or they want their five It could also be, Ben, make accountability great again. 
<laughs> I like make accountability great again is, but then I don't want to, I don't want to rep I don't want MAGA to mean anything positive because it is, uh, right. it, 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 you are right. Um, okay. One of the things you mentioned there as well, though, and I'll just point out to our viewers, it was interesting what your lawyers pointed out. So Donald Trump brought this case um, probably in a venue that it shouldn't have been brought in, but Donald Trump's lawyers don't even realize that just because the case may be pending in the Southern District of Florida in Miami division, that doesn't mean Florida law applies. And the law that's applied has to have a nexus to the underlying conduct that is at issue. So Donald Trump apparently was citing all of this Florida law in his brief and what your lawyers were pointing out to the judges, the lawyers at the most basic level are citing the wrong cases. And do you know what the nexus that Donald's lawyers and um, are using in order to try to create the relationship to Florida? That the that you, political that, you, that we down. have podcast viewers who are in That's Florida. That's right. The political beatdown. <laughs> My books, both Disloyal and Revenge, have been sold and purchased in the state of Florida. And therefore, that's the nexus. That is the most ridiculous argument that one can possibly make. And worse, in their own papers, in their opposition papers to our motion to dismiss, they turn around and they cite inaccurate um, case law in order to try to prove that they are, uh, their position, that their causes of action actually have merit. It's really a piece of writing. And um, I do expect us to be, uh, you know, successful in this. I will also tell you and the brigaders that tomorrow is the day that Donald was noticed for the deposition. And the other day, and I mean like yesterday, uh, my counsel received notification from Brito that they were not going to go forward uh, with it because either Donald is out of town or Brito is out of town and, of course, provides no alternative date uh, for the deposition, still, of course, remaining of the belief that they can ask for and that they should receive 90 days post the election in order to be deposed. I mean, this is legitimately how ridiculous that this case is becoming. The only problem again, of course, is you got to finance these cases. And Donald knows that. And it's a old Donald Trump play from the playbook, which is, you know, First of all, he doesn't pay the lawyers, so it's not as if he's worrying about the legal fees associated. But when you have a $500 million lawsuit brought against you personally, regardless of how stupid and ridiculous um, that the case is, you still have to defend it. And it's very expensive. I really like the strategy here by you and your lawyers, which is a common sense strategy here, given the type of litigant you're dealing with. But not everyone would pursue this strategy, which is normally you may want to do discovery requests like document requests and interrogatories and requests for admission, then do, then do the deposition. But look, Donald Trump has made so many statements, incriminating statements publicly at his events, on his social media platform, that you pretty much have the body of information. And you know he's just going to play games during discovery anyway if you make those requests. So right out the outset of the case, ask for his deposition. Look, Donald Trump 
filed the case. So he should be ready to sit for a deposition right. in the case that he brought. And we all know that he's going to try to avoid that deposition like the plague. I also like that your lawyers have expeditiously pursued this case because one of the tactics Donald Trump likes to do is file the case, get the headline, and then just hope the other side because litigation fees are expensive and no one really wants to be involved in a lawsuit that because Donald Trump is not going to aggressively prosecute these cases or frankly prosecute them at all until he gets some order by a federal judge for failure to prosecute the case, he just thinks that he gets his headline and then it goes away. So I like that your lawyers have been very aggressive, set his deposition right away. And look, your lawyers probably knew that he was going to pull this stunt and a day before say, oh, he can't show up for the deposition. But now that's strike one. And then you go back and you say, okay, well then give us an alternative date. When they don't give you an alternative date, then you go to the court and you say, we've been trying to set his deposition. We've asked for alternative dates. We're not getting any. Except, Judge, except you need one, to compel. Right, but then, I just got to interrupt you on this one because the one thing that's not being mentioned here by you is the fact that Donald is the plaintiff. And when you are a plaintiff, it is incumbent on the plaintiff to move the case forward. It is not the responsibility of the defendant to push the plaintiff to be deposed. You are you nailed it when you said that you need to be ready. When you bring your lawsuit against someone, you as the plaintiff need to be ready to proceed forward and almost immediately. Right. That's not what Donald's doing here. He's trying to say he's so busy right now. And the funny thing is, you know what he's busy doing? My understanding is on the golf course. Right. Or yep. he's entertaining people at mar a -Lardo. What kind of bullshit is that? Because you compare that to special counsel Jack Smith. Right. Right. Who filed the case. Feels like a year ago it was like basically two weeks ago at this point, if that. And within that time period, what did special counsel Jack Smith do? voluntarily turn over all discovery, essentially fulfill all of the discovery obligations for non-classified information. The only reason the classified information part is delayed because there's a process under the Classified Information Procedure Act whereby Donald Trump's lawyers need to get the necessary clearances. But other than that, all of the documents have been turned over. And how do we know this? Special Counsel Jack Smith and his team filed a notice to the court letting Judge Eileen Cannon know, we're done. We've turned over everything. All photographs, messages, documents, grand jury testimony, a list of the witnesses who are going to be testifying against Donald Trump at the time of trial. You can have it. In fact, Your Honor, we've turned over things that we don't even have to legally turn over. We went above and beyond our obligations here you go, Donald Trump and your lawyers pursuant to the protective order, which we talked about on the last show, which limits where Donald Trump can review these documents. He can only look at them with his lawyer. He can't take it with him. He can't take notes. He can't bring it back. He can't post about him. But pursuant right. to the protective order, Judge, here are all of the documents and here are all of the records and we're ready to go. So that is how you actually do the case when you're prepared, when you know what you're doing, and when you're confident in your case. So as of now, 
Donald Trump has essentially the full volume of all discovery that is going to be used by the prosecution at the time of trial, which is currently set, although we think it's going to be moved back a little bit, um, is currently set for August 14th of 2023, pursuant to the Speedy Trial Act. And here you go. Here's all of the records, Donald Trump. Now the burden is going to be on Trump to say, which he's going to argue, I can't do this trial date. We're not ready for the trial date. And I think he's going to get a continuance. The question is going to be how long. But what do you think, Michael, about special counsel Jack Smith really making this aggressive move? Because you don't have to turn over all of these records this soon. You eventually have to turn them all over. But this quick is pretty impressive. Well, I think Jack Smith realizes that this specific case, there's really no defense to it. I think that once Jack Smith lays out the timeline that anyone sitting on a jury, regardless of whether you're a Trump supporter or not, anyone sitting on that jury will have to acknowledge that Donald Trump was in violation under the Presidential Records Act, under this Espionage Act, and that he needs to be held accountable. All right, plain and simple. They start out by stating that there was a request that was made. I mean, even Donald in this absolutely ridiculous showing before on Fox News, again, this time with Brett Baer, his own statements will come back to haunt him, that they were his, he can keep them. He hadn't had a chance to go through them. So everything that he keeps saying is admissible against him at the time of trial. So, Donald, explain to us, what do you mean you didn't have a chance to go through them, right? Um, How come some documents were thrown about, others were not? What document were you talking to the journalist about, who we have his testimony? What document were you talking about in regard to a plan to attack Iran? Think about what we're talking about here. And brigaders... The part that scares me the most about Donald Trump and his refusal to acknowledge the mistakes that he made and the fact that he wants to be in a position of power again, that he can make the same mistakes again. The thing that scares me is that we are very fortunate that this information has not produced another unfortunate 9-11 type of event. You know, you can't wage war on another country, and then don't expect some form of retaliation, whatever it might be. Yeah, that's that's why we have our incredible FBI, our law enforcement, right? The, the whole purpose is to keep us safe so that we never have to experience ever, ever again what we all experienced on 9-11, whether you lived in New York or elsewhere. And so, We're stuck in a place right now where we had a former president of the United States, the most powerful person in the world, holding up documents, sharing information, whether it was information that he had given to the Russians, uh, going back to Helsinki about Israel, whether or not he's talking about Iran or anything else that still we don't know who saw it. Um, Who may be in possession of a photocopy or a picture of it? We don't know any of this. All we know is that there's unholy relationships right now between the entire Trump crime family. And that, of course, includes Kushner. 
And the Saudis, whether it's the Live Golf, whether it's the $2 billion that's been invested in Jared's fund, whether it's you know China uh, in terms of giving Ivanka a dozen or two dozen different patents that she had you know, lost that they gave to her. Who knows? I'm right now speculating. But the reason I'm able to speculate is simply because we don't know. And if you don't know, what else can you do but speculate? I know that they didn't give Jared $2 billion to fund this, um, this hedge fund of his, considering Jared has well, Jared wasn't even approved to be a advisor or a financier for the Saudi Investment Authority pursuant to the Saudi Investment Authority Finance Committee. Yep. It was only Mohammed bin Salman who overruled that. And the same thing goes for you know his abilities when it comes to real estate. The worst single real estate deal ever in New York City history done by Jared Kushner. All right. So, and live golf? Come on, give me a break. Trump could never get his courses onto the, as a PGA tour, right? So instead, he goes ahead, he backs the Saudi live. This is really a problem. And we need to open our eyes and we need to, we need to really examine this thing instead of attacking each other in Congress over, you know, Adam Schiff's, um, you know, impeachment trial of yeah. the first, the, him you being know, the censured, which is totally, this is just disgraceful. This is totally, totally outrageous. We'll talk about that. But just think about this. Donald Trump was showing these top secret records, these highly classified records involving military plans to just two random dudes, like just random people. Like he doesn't, he didn't even know who these people were. They were ghostwriters for Mark Meadows book that he had never even met before. And within about 60 seconds of their arrival of random strangers, he was like, hey, 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 uh, you want to see these military plans? Doesn't this make me better than chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, Mark Milley? Aren't I a winner? Aren't I better? Here, take a look. This is classified stuff right here. I shouldn't be showing it to you. It's classified. I never declassified. This is what he says. I never declassified this. Oops, but I'm showing you this stuff. Maybe we should figure out what to do. Ha ha ha. Everyone laughs. Here you go. Here are the records. So if he's saying this to random dudes, okay, imagine what he's telling Putin in Helsinki. Imagine Dude, what he's what doing. we know, Ben. You're so right, pal. It's only what we know. And I try to because it's on a recording. Everyone. Right. You remember I was on television, and then of course, when you know we started political beatdown, I turned around and I said to you and the brigaders that Donald Trump will use this information to burn down our country, that he will use it as a get out of jail free card. You know, that he will use this in order to extort the country that if, in fact, you think that you're going to put me behind bars, that there are five sets of copies, blah, blah, blah. One will go to Mohammed bin Salman, one to Putin, one to Kim Jong-un, one to, you know, uh, you know, whoever, Erdogan. This is the way Donald Trump thinks. He thinks like, you know, like an autocrat. And he is, and I've said this a million times and it's worth repeating. He is, and he poses the greatest danger to American democracy in history. And he would take these boxes with him after he was in office, wherever he would go. Like he would take the boxes, the way people go on vacations and bring sunscreen and maybe a book with them. 
he would take the boxes and the papers with him because for him, that was everything. That was power, having these classified and top secret documents because while it's not on audio recordings, you better believe it. He thought this made him cool. There's a transactional approach, but for him, when people would show up, the power that he would feel the same way he did to these two ghostwriters. Look what I got, classified info. You want to come into my office? Check this out. Grab me a Diet Coke. You want to see these war plans? He must have done that every single freaking day. And this is the only one we got on the recording or the ones that we have in the recording. But I think Jack Smith may know more as well. And Donald Trump probably knows what special hey, counsel ben, Jack can Smith. can you imagine, Ben, can you imagine diaper Donald sitting there and going this? I know a secret. I got a secret, right? What I got he a secret did with those ghostwriters. I mean, that's what not he'd be much. like this. Ben, he'd be like, I got a secret that you don't know. Okay, I got a secret. A secret. Could you? I mean, we should. Somebody should write a song about this because it's true. Diaper Donald is sitting there. He is an infant, and he behaves like an infant. The problem is, you can't give a child. These type of, you know, um, nuclear secrets, these type of, you know, war documents, these type of classified information. If you if you go through the indictment and I, we've read it many times here, the transcript of his conversation with those two ghost writers is only slightly different to than what you just did right there. It basically aren't I the winner? Aren't I the best? Take a look at these war plans. This makes me the winner, right? It's like, are you freaking crazy? And the answer is yes. Here are the posts that he made after special counsel Jack Smith made that filing that we just talked about. Because what's the playbook? You go to Jim Jordan. You go to James Comer. You go to Matt Gates. You, you go, go to, to Marjorie Toilet Green. Marjorie Taylor Green. You go to Ted. You go to Ted what do you call it? Um, you know, Ted Cruz. Uh, I mean, these are the same people. You're right. That's who you go to. And so here's his post. Congress, please investigate the political witch hunts against me currently being brought by the corrupt DOJ and FBI who are totally out of control. This continuing saga is retribution against me for winning and even more importantly to them, election interference regarding the 2024 presidential election. It will be their updated form of rigging our most important election. Look at the polls. They can't beat me. MAGA at the ballot box. The only way they can win is to cheat. Stop them now. And then the next post, Congress will hopefully now look at the ever-continuing witch hunts and election interference against me in perfectly legal boxes where I have no doubt that information is being secretly planted by the scoundrels in charge, the perfect phone calls Atlanta, the illegal DOJ Pomerantz Manhattan DA hoax, where virtually everyone agrees there is no case, the New York State Attorney General scam, where I have proven beyond a doubt that there is no case, but I have a hostile judge who should not be on the case. And basically what he's saying to Congress is, and the MAGA Republicans, is obstruct justice. Call it an investigation so you could claim immunity under the speech or debate clause, but obstruct justice here, interfere, say you're investigating and try to derail the criminal case. Try to uh, derail what's going on in Manhattan. Try to derail the civil cases against me. Use your committees 
weaponize them and basically be my obstruction of justice committees mm -hmm. and call it an investigation. It's a criminal act that he's asking for in normal times. People in these positions, whether you were a Republican or Democrat, you'd be like, I'm not helping this freaking traitor. But the modern day MAGA Republican Party, as Nancy Pelosi said on the House floor, are puppets. And Donald Trump is the puppeteer of this new modern day MAGA Republican fascist thing. Hey, Ben, you remember I also told you and the Brigaders that one of the things that Donald does, and he does it very well, we have to give certain credit where credit is due. He is the world's greatest flipper when it comes to the, he is a deflector. He's now using the same terms that I use when I wrote this book, Revenge. Look at what it says right there at the very, very bottom. How Donald Trump weaponized the United States Department of Justice against his critics. Everything that you just read falls into that line. Now, nice thing is that my book came out before Donald Trump started on his weaponization call. He probably saw the cover and said, whoa, 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 I could use this. I'm going to claim, wait, I have an idea. I have an idea. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to claim the Biden administration weaponized this against me. Yeah, that's what I'm going to do. I, it, it's like it's almost like a John Lovett type of an episode, right? Yeah, yeah, that's the ticket. Say they did it to me. It's bullshit. This is Donald Trump in the same exact playbook that he has used time and time again. He realized that he weaponized the justice. He, not that he realized. He knows for a fact he weaponized the DOJ against his critics, myself included, as the first and only person held by my own country, right, to be imprisoned by my own country because I wouldn't waive my First Amendment constitutional rights, making me the first political prisoner. So he knows exactly what he had Bill Barr do. So he's saying, whoa, 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 if I'm that corrupt, think about it. The Bidens have to be corrupt as well. And so I'm going to claim that they're doing it to me. All right. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm going to do. And it's unbelievable. It's why I also say to people, read revenge, right? You will get to understand his playbook much, much better if you understand exactly how he did it to me, because rest assured, I'm not the only one on this hit list now. He's got many, many people, hundreds, if not thousands of people that if this lunatic ends up back in the White House, I don't even know about the size of the mass exodus from this country of people that he has, you know, on his enemies list. No joke. And That's Ben, I think you'd be one of them too. Oh, I mean, I think, uh, I don't think that would be a question and it would be an honor to be on that list fighting for uh, democracy. In the last episode, I'll, I read it, I'll read it again here. These are the quotes by the chief Nazi propagandist, Joseph Goebbels who said, accuse the other of that you are guilty. And that's exactly what Donald Trump does. And also the other quote, if you tell a lie big enough and keep repeating it, people will eventually come to believe it. The lie can be maintained only for such time as the state can shield people from the political, economic, and or military consequences of the lie. It thus becomes vitally important for the state to use all of its powers to repress dissent for truth is the mortal enemy of the lie, and thus by extension – 
the truth is the greatest enemy of the state. And you see why there is such an importance in spreading this propaganda by people like Jim Jordan and James Comer, the power of Fox to keep people ignorant, spreading the lie over and over and over again and repeating it. But that's why it's so critical and vital that we have these critical new hubs of truth and democracy and rebutting it piece by piece, which is what we do here at the Midas Touch Network and especially here at Political Beatdown. People may be seeing those uh, Jack Smith uh, emojis and some of those great legal AF emojis and Midas Touch badges. There's that dollar sign on the bottom of the YouTube page. If you're watching this on YouTube, you could become a member of the YouTube page. You could buy and gift memberships to other people. You can hit that dollar sign and say you want to uh, receive gifts. You can do that as well. Remember about Cohen's legal fund as well, the firewallfund.com. Uh, we still have a lot of show a lot of show. I want to discuss what went down uh, in the Judiciary Committee where John Durham just got destroyed by Democrats. And it's important that we show these clips because you don't really see them any other place. I also want to talk about uh, the MAGA Republicans censuring Adam Schiff and these powerful speeches by Democrats just saying, really, this is what you're doing? Y'all are the party of George Santos. And speaking about George Santos, the name of those shirters was just revealed in federal court. We'll talk about all of this when we come back from this quick break. Ben Micellis here. Did you know that your temperature at night can have one of the greatest impacts on your sleep quality? If you wake up too hot or too cold, I highly recommend you check out Miracle Made's bed sheets. Inspired by NASA, Miracle Made uses silver infused fabrics and makes temperature regulating bedding so you can sleep at the perfect temperature all night long. Using silver infused fabrics originally inspired by NASA, Miracle Made sheets are thermoregulating and designed to keep you at the perfect temperature all night long so you get better sleep every night. These sheets are infused with silver that prevent up to 99.7% of bacterial growth, leaving them to stay cleaner and fresh three times longer than other sheets. No more gross odors. And get this, Miracle Sheets are luxuriously comfortable without the high price tag of other luxury brands and feel as nice, if not nicer, than bed sheets used by some five-star hotels. Stop sleeping on bacteria. Bacteria can clog your pores, causing breakouts and acne. Sleep clean with Miracle. Go to trymiracle.com slash beat to try Miracle Made Sheets today. And whether you're buying them for yourself or as a gift for a loved one, if you order today, you can save over 40%. And if you use our promo, BEAT, at checkout, you'll get three free towels and save an extra 20%. Miracle is so confident in their product, it's backed by a 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you aren't 100% satisfied, you'll get a full refund. Upgrade your sleep with Miracle Made. Go to trymiracle.com slash beat and use the code BEAT to claim your free three-piece towel set and save over 40%. Again, that's trymiracle.com slash beat 
to treat yourself. Thank you, Miracle Made, for sponsoring this episode. I love Miracle Made. I use Miracle Made. Check it out. And I'm thankful to all of our uh, pro democracy sponsors out there who support the work that we do you and know, help us. You know something, Ben? I want to just say one thing. At the very last line of my book, you know, when you start talking about girls, and again, you know, knowing that my father uh, is a Holocaust survivor, and thank God, you know, obviously still alive, um, he will be part of the group the last group of survivors of the worst time in world's history, as far as I'm concerned. Um, it's, it's why I sort of dedicated this last line in my book to him. And I said, we must recognize that Trumpism is fascism. We must destroy it and erase it from our body politic. And I truly mean it. And if people don't want to take this as serious as it truly is, Speak to some of the survivors when, you know, they're always asked the same question. Why didn't you get the hell out of there? Because nobody thought it was going to be as bad as it became. Nobody thought that one person would turn against another based upon this crazy hatred simply because you're Jewish or that you were gay or that, you know, you were not willing to join the Third Reich. I mean, you know, let's be let's be serious. We're in a similar situation right now. When you start to see Nazis, white supremacists in front of Disney World, all right, sitting there with the flags, with the swastika sticker in America, for God's sakes, where do you think this shit's coming from? Why do you think this shit's happening? It's happening because Donald J. Trump unleashed, he opened Pandora's box. And he allowed this racism, this sexism, this misogyny, this xenophobia, homophobia, Islamophobia, anti-Semitism to be unleashed on the world. And that's why I say we need to destroy it. We need to eradicate it, not just from our body politic. All right. I should have expanded it. We need to eradicate it completely. Couldn't agree more with you there. And it starts fundamentally with speaking the truth not allowing these liars to get away with it. And that's why every single day we're here on YouTube, on our podcast, across all social media. And when I say we, it's you watching this. It's the political beatdown brigade. It's mm. the might is mighty. It's the fact that when we're the top show on YouTube in the world, that's okay, that's great, but it's not patting us on the back. It's recognizing now the power of this community to spell the truth and to tell a friend or coworker or a family member who may not know politics or is getting a lot of disinformation here watch this watch these clips and that's something i want to show right now i want to show you what went down at the judiciary committee yesterday judiciary committee is controlled by the maga republicans since they control the house of representatives they put jim jordan to chair the judiciary committee and just think about it like this jim jordan is not a licensed attorney went to law school but doesn't have a license never passed a bar exam he is who is chairing the judiciary committee so the maga republicans parade in front of the judiciary committee john durham who bill barr appointed as special counsel the same way jack smith was appointed as a special counsel durham was appointed as a special counsel in october of 2020 he was doing work with bill barr before that in 2019 but basically with the directive go after donald trump's political enemies weaponize the crap 
out of all of this and go after his enemies. Anybody who connected Donald Trump to Russia, try to claim that that's a hoax and go after them. And what was the result of this? Uh, two trials uh, were brought by John Durham. He lost both of them, 0 for 2. And then Durham, after losing both trials, prepared a report which basically said that the FBI should have just implemented more robust structure in their investigation. It didn't even recommend any changes in departmental policy at all. It just basically says maybe the FBI should have opened up a preliminary investigation first instead of a formal investigation. And this is where the kind of MAGA conspiracy is smacked with reality, because in the reality world here, these very smart Democrats, many who were former prosecutors and uh, lawyers, were cross-examining John Durham when he's paraded there and holding him to account for his failures and just presenting him with the reality of the situation, which at its most basic level, you have Donald Trump saying things like, Russia... Russia, if you're listening, hey, Russia, help me out, please. Can you help me out? Can you can you hack my opponents? Can you please do that? And then John Durham's asked the most basic questions like, well, what do you think about that? Did you hear that? And Durham's like, uh, 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 uh. well, let's start off with, I want to show a few clips, then I want to get your reaction to all of this going. So first, Democratic Congress member Jerry Nadler, play the clip. It's not correct. No, I mean, there were multiple did, parts of that. Did it take four years to complete? Correct. Okay. And with all these resources and all these people you, you were sent to help you investigate the investigators, you only filed three criminal cases. You only brought two cases to trial, correct? Correct. And you lost all the cases you brought to trial, correct? Correct. In fact, two juries acquitted your defendants on all charges. And the one conviction that you obtained, the defendant pleaded guilty to a single count that never went to trial, correct? Correct. I will note that in that case, the primary investigative steps were all completed by Inspector General Horowitz. Perhaps you were better when it came to your report. From my reading, your report did not make any specific concrete recommendations to improve DOJ or FBI policies or procedures. In fact, your report repeatedly references the recommendations made by Inspector General Horowitz almost all of which DOJ and FBI have already implemented. Again, your investigation lasted four years. Four years in untold sums of money, and you still obtained only one conviction. You did produce a 300-page report, though, and that's given my Republican counterparts plenty of material to spin. Here is Congressmember Adam Schiff. Play the clip. Yeah, I mean, I think if you read what's in the cable and what's in the report, as to what the uh, diplomats uh, reported was, there was a suggestion of a suggestion that the Russians could help. They had damaging information as to Mrs. Clinton. Um, and By releasing it anonymously, release. right? And that's exactly what happened, isn't it? I, I, don't, I don't You really don't know? I'm, I'm not sure exactly. When you say exactly what happened. Well, the Russians the released that, stolen emails mm -hmm. through cutouts, did they not? There were emails. It's a very simple question. Did they release leaks. information, stolen information through cutouts, yes or no? Yeah, I, I'm not sure that. You really don't what, know the answer to that? The answer is yes, they did. Through DC leaks. Well, in your mind, to, it's yes. Well, Mueller's answer was yes. More important than mine, Mueller's answer was yes. Now, that information, of course, was helpful to the Trump campaign, wasn't it? Yeah, I, don't, I don't think there's any question, but that the Russians 
intruded into, um, well, I just want to hacked get, into the systems. They released information. And that was helpful to the Trump campaign, right? And the, and the conclusion in the ICA and in the uh, Mueller investigation was that the Russians intended to assist. Can you answer Trump. my question, Mr. Durham? That was helpful to the Trump campaign, right? Yeah, that's and and Trump made are. use of that, as I said, didn't he, by touting those stolen documents on the campaign trail over a hundred times? I, I, I said I don't really read the newspapers or listen to the news. I don't really you were you were totally oblivious to Donald Trump's use of the stolen emails on the campaign trail more than a hundred times. Did that escape that. your attention? I am not aware of that. Uh, are Here is Schiff yeah. one more time this down. Uh, let's go to invited Russian help. Uh, Mr. Durham, you're aware of Donald Trump's public statements along the lines of, hey, Russia, if you're listening, hack Hillary's emails, you'll be richly rewarded by the press. You aware of that? I'm aware of that. And are you aware that Mueller found that hours after he made that plea for Russian help, the Russians, in fact, tried to hack one of the email servers affiliated with the Clinton campaign or family? Uh, if that happened, I'm not aware of that. I mean, it could very you're, well. You're not aware no. of that in the Mueller report? Um, so when you say it, you're not just, aware of evidence of collusion in the Mueller report, it's because apparently I haven't read the Mueller report very well. Um, yeah, if I you're don't. not aware of that fact. But let me ask you about something else. Sure. Don Jr., when offered... You would think he'd be prepared, Cohen. Yeah, so I think it's that time of the show for me to give the two... Fuck you fingers to John Durham, all right? You lying sack of shit. You know exactly what went on. You were the special counsel there. And the fact that you could sit there and that you could lie. By the way, what bothers me at this present moment is we already have, press has been all over this. We already have information that validates the fact that John Durham lied to Congress. That's called a thousand and one violation, something that I pled guilty to, and I say it on every show, and I think it's important for me to be repetitive because like Stalin, like Hitler, like Trump, all right, the more you say something, the more people will listen to it. The only difference with mine is that it happens to be true. My lie to Congress was the number of times that I claimed to have spoken to Donald Trump about the failed Trump Tower Moscow real estate project. They wanted me to say a de minimis number. It was three. I said three. When the true answer is that I spoke to Donald about the failed Trump Tower Moscow project 10 times. That's my lie. All right. Could you imagine the things that Durham was lying about here? Why are they already not? requesting that he be held liable under a 1001 violation. So John Durham, for not protecting democracy, for not worrying about this country more than appeasing the orange-crusted Mandarin Mussolini, all right? Fuck you. How about that? Not only, by the way, was that coming from Adam Schiff, a, a, a Democrat, um, this is what Matt Gates was saying let's play this clip of matt gates during the hearing i mean a maga republican a trumper and he's upset that john durham didn't execute the weaponization plan that they had and so watch what gates says play this clip 
think that's beyond the scope of what's in the report. It's literally the scope of what your charging order is. Who put it in motion? We get after it was put in motion, the FBI did a bunch of wrong and corrupt things. Totally understand, we're trying to deal with that. But when you are part of the cover-up, Mr. Durham, mm. then it makes our job harder. Yeah, well, if that's your thought, I mean, there's no way of dissuading you from that. I can tell you that it's offensive and that the people who worked on this investigation have spent their lives trying to protect the people in this country and pursue within the law what it is that we, two, could, we are authorized Trump, wait, to on. do. You tried two cases, lost both of them, and then the one plea, guilty plea you got, Kleinsmith, Kleinsmith is back to practicing law in Washington, D.C. today. That's beyond my control. Right, but, but the, the fact that you allowed that plea to occur, yeah. right, and, and then the punishment was insufficient, the fact that you didn't, you didn't charge Andrew McCabe, you didn't convict the lying Democrats or the lying Russians, you didn't investigate Mifsud or the Mueller probe, even though, as we sit here today in black letter, that was your charge. Have you ever heard of the Washington Generals? The Washington Generals, yes. Yeah, and, and they're the team that basically gets paid to show up and lose, right? Well, I, you know, I'm sure that the players who um, exert blood, sweat, and tears don't view it that way, but you might. I think they do. I think they do because the job of the Washington generals is to show up every night and to play the Harlem Globetrotters. And their job oh, is thinking, to lose. I'm sorry, of a different, I was thinking of a different Yeah, thing. yeah, so their job is to lose. And I'm kind of wondering, and, and it, just seem, it just seems so facially obvious that it's not what's in your report that's telling it's the omission. It's the lack of work you did. And for the people like the chairman who put trust in you, I think you let them down. I think you let the country down. And you are one of the barriers to the true accountability that we need. Do I get to respond to that or comment on that? Yeah. Well, I don't know if you've ever investigated a crime. That's why I want to show all of these clips to paint the picture in their own words. And it's why it's important. You know, you get a lot of people who have, you know, media networks or hosts and analysts who they want to make it, you know, let me tell you what they said. No, can I, I'll give you the commentary. Cohen will give you his response. But first, I want to show you in their own words what it is that they are saying. What'd you think about that, Cohen? Yeah, look, there's so many things to say about Matt Gates, but I hate to say it, he had a point here. He's not answering the questions, and he is responsible for not just misleading the committee, but misleading the country. Now, of course, Matt Gates wanted an answer on the exact opposite spectrum of what the Democrats are looking for. I get that. But how sad is it that neither side has any knowledge greater than the other in terms of what really went on here? Because Durham didn't do his job. That's just the that's just the bottom line. That's what I took out of Matt Gates, and good for him for holding Durham accountable. If you notice, most of the other Republicans didn't do that. They they sort of allowed him to see. See, when you don't have a point, what you do is you proselytize. You get five minutes to ask your question and so on when they have the floor. And what they do is they go and they make a speech. And it's very important for them because they're having it videotaped and they're going to use it. They're going to cut their five minutes, make a commercial out of it in order to fundraise it, to use it one of their fundraisers or one of their, you know, as an ad for their campaign. That's what they're doing. But you know what? I'm, I'm actually glad that Matt Gates 
held him accountable. I think he was holding, trying to hold him accountable for the wrong thing. But if I was asking that question, or if I was asking any question of John Durham, I, I wouldn't allow him an opportunity to speak and to give long-winded answers. Yes or no questions is the way to go. And the second he doesn't give a yes or a no answer, Adam Schiff, I know, tried to do that. So did, I think, Dan Goldman. But I know Adam Schiff did for sure. And he wasn't like, whoa, 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 no, 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 stop. I asked you a very specific question. You do understand the difference between yes and no? A yes or no question, only one answer. Not, a, not more than one word. Yes or no to the question. And hit him with the first question. And then hit him with the second question. And then if you need to, read the paragraph that you're going to ask the question from. And again, let me remind you, Mr. Durham, I'm asking you a yes or no question. If you can't answer the question, say, I can't answer it. And then we'll try to figure out why you can't answer it. You have to treat them like a hostile witness. The problem with all of these hearings is they get out of control. This one starts proselytizing from the, you know, from their seat. And then, of course, the, uh, the guy in the hot spot, right, like John Durham here, he turns around and he's trying to figure out how to be clever, how to wordsmith, how to get himself as far out of the question in terms of, you know, bullshit in order to prevent it from being used against him um, in, a, in an article that somebody's going to write yep. or Donald for that matter. And look, Congress member Adam Schiff, before going to Congress, was uh, an assistant United States attorney, a very successful prosecutor, very successful lawyer is his background. So you see the uh, very, very, very strong questioning by him. And he's been someone who has held Donald Trump accountable in impeachment one, uh, in general with all of the investigations relating to the January 6th insurrection. And so Schiff has been you know, kind of the number one target or among the number one targets of Donald Trump and MAGA Republicans. So as retribution for investigating Donald Trump, where you saw the questioning by Schiff to Durham there saying, you're aware that Trump was saying Russia, 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 if you're listening, you're aware that Don Jr. took that meeting. You're aware that the campaign manager did this. Like, you're aware of all of this conduct, right? And Durham was very flustered. In the face of all of that evidence, the MAGA Republicans still say that's all a hoax and that uh, Schiff was the one leading the hoax. So therefore, Schiff should be censured is what they said. Not George Santos, Adam Schiff should be censured. Because I see in the YouTube comments a lot, and when I did a video on this, they're like, what's yeah, Dan he Goldman being- Dan Goldman had the best line of that event. They're like, what's he being censured for? Yeah, Dan, you mentioned Dan Goldman here. Let's play the clip of what Dan Goldman said during uh, the House floor speeches where Kevin McCarthy took a vote to censure Adam Schiff for- Huh, for what? For investigating Donald Trump's actual misconduct? Here, play this clip of Dan Goldman first. Play the gentleman's recognized. One of my colleagues says, we will hold members accountable. You are the party of George Santos. <laughs> Who are you holding accountable? The guy is an alleged and acknowledged liar and indicted, and you protect him every day. 
Don't lecture us with your projection and your defense of Donald Trump. It's pathetic, and it's beneath you, and it's beneath this body, and I yield back. Before commenting on that, Cohen, I want to show you the moment where uh, a vote was taken on the House floor, uh, and in a party-line vote, 213 Republicans, 209 Democrats, with six Republicans voting present who did not vote. That's how before the censure vote failed. Now the censure vote passed. But all of the Democrats stood united shoulder to shoulder with Congress member Adam Schiff. And here's what happened when uh, the vote was taken and announced by Kevin McCarthy. And Kevin McCarthy had to stand there with the gavel to proudly make this announcement that they had censured Adam Schiff so that their MAGA Republican crazy people would go, oh, you got him, you got him. Here, play the clip. On this vote, the A's are 213 and the nays are 209. With six answering present, the resolution adopted. Without objection, the motion to consider is relayed on the table. House will be in order. And that goes on for another minute or two. Let, Your let, thoughts? Let me, let me say. Let me say something here. Something that you and I, Ben, talk about to our brigaders every single show. The exact reason why we turn around and we say, make sure that you vote, make sure that you're registered, you're registered blue, make sure that you're registered Democrat. And if you're not registered, make sure that, you know, that you do so immediately. Make sure that everyone who is of age in your house is registered to vote. Make sure your neighbors, your cousins, your friends, everybody, anybody that you know is registered to vote because we need to take back the House. The only reason that Adam Schiff, who did who did the right job to protect America. The only reason that he's being censored right now is because of the because of the partisanship that exists in the House. All right. The fact that the Republicans control the House means that they can do things like this. It is unfair. And by the way, most other Congress members would turn around and say, well, you know, I really don't want to go through this. I don't want to go through an investigation. You know, I don't need this shit in my life. Let somebody else do the impeachment. No, no, no. Adam Schiff took it like a man. All right. He took that responsibility. He took it very seriously. I testified before before Congress, before Adam Schiff, three times, not once, not twice, three times, each one for at least eight, nine hours. So I know the questions that the man asked, they are poignant, they are direct, and they are relevant to the investigation. The fact that he's being censored for doing his duty, for doing what's right for America, forgetting about what's right for Democrats, forgetting about what may be wrong for Republicans, this is not supposed to be a partisan issue. It's bipartisan. We're, we're supposed to want to know that our democracy is in peril. That, that our country is in, the future of our country is in danger. But no, that's not what they want. It's all this vitriolic behavior towards one another with nothing other than partisanship. And exactly 213 to 209 today demonstrates why we must get out and we must make sure that every single person we know votes these dirtbags out. Anybody that went along with that party line on this and it was all of them, 
each and every one of them should be up for loss in their upcoming elections. I mean, it's just, this is how we will save America. There is no other way to do it other than to vote these fuckers out of office. Because at this point, it's not really a partisan issue. It really is a competence, a do you support democracy? Do you support truth? Do you support humanity? Do you support decency kind of thing? And there's just one party right now, the Republican Party, that utterly lacks those attributes because they became the party of Donald Trump. And as Lindsey Graham said, perhaps the only thing accurate he said in a very long time is that would be the destruction of the Republican Party. And he was right, because now you got people like George Santos. And just super briefly, we know the names of those uh, co-signers on his bond. Now, the information was released. George Santos said that he would rather be in custody than have to release the names. If the judge was going to release the name, Santos said, I will protect those names. I will go into custody myself. But surprise, surprise, surprise. George Santos lies about everything. Uh, the co-signers are Elma Santos Previn, his aunt, and his father, Gersino Dos Santos. And a lot of people are wondering, one of them is a mail carrier and the other person, I forget what they do, but they don't, they're not from a lot of wealth. So how are they able to pay for it? You're able to post bond by usually posting a smaller percentage of it. So it's possible they really either only posted 50% or use their existing collateral, whether it was a home or something uh, as a way to post it. Um, but George Santos, again, caught lying again. I want to thank everybody for watching this episode of Political B-Town. People who watch on YouTube, please make sure you subscribe on audio. Wherever audio podcasts are available, go to Political Beatdown on audio. Search Political Beatdown, hit subscribe, leave Michael Cohen and myself a five-star review. It goes a long way to help. For those who just listen on audio podcast, please subscribe to the Midas Touch Network. We're on our way to 1.5 million subscribers this summer. If anyone wants to become a member, to use those emojis and badges, use the dollar sign on the bottom of the YouTube page. You could gift people memberships. We don't have outside investors here on the Midas Touch Network, so that's one of the way we're able to support and fund this network. Speaking of which, if you want to help support and fund the legal defense of Michael Cohen, go to the firewallfund.com. There is a drop-down link in the YouTube description. All of that money goes to support Michael Cohen's legal defense. Um, and legal efforts that are brought upon by Donald Trump. Thank you for everybody who supports that. Check out Michael Cohen's book, Revenge, wherever books are sold um, and audiobooks are sold. It is a great read and it is a roadmap to getting into the the, the, the thought process and how these MAGA Republicans think, what we can do about it, and how we can improve the current uh, situation. So again, wherever books are sold, check that out. Michael Cohen's other podcast is Mea Culpa. Make sure you check that out. We have the videos of Mea Culpa here every weekend on Saturdays, and we get a nice audience uh, for that as well. But come with your emojis and your Midas Touch badges. I love seeing all of those. And really from the bottom of our hearts, Thank you to the Beatdown Brigaders. Like, I'm so appreciative. Michael Cohen is so appreciative. We are so appreciative for all of you. And when Cohen and I speak offline about the community, um, we're, we're just so in awe of the work that you do, the thoughtful comments, 
seeing these shows be very interactive. That's why I love doing them live as well and seeing people talking and sharing information. And we know that when we sign off, that's actually when you sign on. And that's when you take the information that you learn, you share the show and the clips with family, friends, coworkers, colleagues, neighbors, everybody you know, and ultimately we're spreading these messages of truth and pro-democracy together. So thank you all so, so much. We'll see you next week on Political Beatdown. I'm Ben Micellis, joined by Michael Cohen. Shout out to the Midas Mighty. <laughs>